Hello and welcome to another episode of Cranky Talk, a show for avgeeks and non-avgeeks alike. We continue to tackle everything happening in the aviation world in the time of COVID, and today we're going to talk about change fees. You've probably heard that change fees are disappearing quickly. That's a good thing for travelers, but as always, it's far more complex than it should be. Today we'll break it down for you. But first, I want to thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast, once again. Dave, you flew recently. Did you have turbulence on your flight? No turbulence. No turbulence at all. Come on. Zero turbulence, not the physical turbulence or emotional turbulence. It was pretty it was pretty smooth uh, sailing or not sailing flight. Alright. Well, almost every flight experiences turbulence. Did you know you can find out exactly how bumpy or not bumpy your flight will be even before you get on the plane? Visit turbulenceforecast.com to view turbulence maps for routes everywhere in the world. This free-to-use site provides access to the same maps pilots use plus helpful explanations on how to interpret them. Turbulenceforecast.com also offers a concierge forecast by email service from the founder of the website, which for you, Dave, would just say, like, nah, you're good, apparently. Pretty much, yeah. Well, anyway, place your order before your flight, and you'll receive a personalized forecast by email that details what turbulence to expect during your entire route. Exciting updates are rolling out later this year, including all new enhanced maps and an upgrade to the forecast by email service. So be sure to join the mailing list to be the first to know when those features are available. Check it out today at turbulenceforecast.com. All right, you've probably seen the headlines. Change fees are gone. You probably never thought you'd see the day, right? But sure enough, change fees are actually starting to melt away. If only it were that simple, though. It's not? Of course it's not, Dave. Awesome. Awesome. I hate change fees. Everyone hates change fees. Why do we even have change fees? Uh, It's a great question, Dave. Come sit on my lap. I'll tell you a story from a time long ago. Nope. Don't make it weird. All right. Fine. But anyway, after the industry was deregulated in 1978, airlines sped up the process of trying to find ways to get fares lower and lower to fill their seats and grow. The Super Saver fares of that era had all kinds of restrictions on them, including the inability to refund or change. This developed into this brutal system where if you got sick, you could get a doctor's note and then get a waiver to allow a change or get a refund, but you had to submit the note. I mean, it was impossible to manage. And so things started to change. I don't know when the first change fee went into effect, but I do know that in 1991, U.S. Air started allowing changes for $75. Excellent. So this is ancient history around the time I was born. (laughs) Stop trying to make me feel old, Dave. I really don't need your help. But yes, yes, it was. And according to an article linked in the show notes, it sounds like these changes were actually pretty limited. So you, you couldn't change the origin or destination city. But on the bright side, if the new fare was higher than the original fare, then the fee wasn't even charged. Even if it was restrictive, the changes were well received. Then in 1992, American rolled out value pricing, which simplified fares in every market. That was a huge disaster. But as part of it, American made fares changeable for just a $25 fee plus any fare difference. And as I said, it was a disaster. So value pricing fell apart quickly. But the change fee ended up sticking. Well, $25 change fee doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, and I think most people would agree with you. Now, keep in mind, this is for domestic travel, and that's all we care about today since at the time of recording, international fees haven't been changed at all anyway. But $25 seems like a fair cost for switching, Uh, but surprise, surprise, it didn't last. It started going up and up 
been up to $50, $75, and higher. By the early 2000s, it was at $100. During the depths of the Great Recession, it went up to $150. Then in 2013, United made the move to $200, and that's where it's been ever since. Oh, that's the, that's the change fee I know and hate. You are most certainly not alone. Heck, back in 2013, I even gave United a cranky jackass award for jacking up the fees. They were getting totally out of hand. Some airlines kept their fees lower, like Alaska and JetBlue, but Southwest was the only airline to never adopt a change fee at all. In the past, some airlines have worried that Southwest is taking business away from them with the lack of a fee. But other than some minor attempts to match in certain markets, nobody was willing to take the plunge. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that must have been a lot of money. <laughs> oh, it certainly was. See, in 1995, the entire U.S. industry brought in $253 million in domestic change fees. By 2000, it was $422 million. In 2010, it was $1.69 billion. And last year in 2019, you want to guess? Uh, this is Price is Right rules, so $1? You're no fun. You're not even close. In 2019, it was $2.07 billion. Oof. That's, uh, that's really hard to walk away from. So, uh, so why now? Why are they walking away from them now? I'm pretty sure you know the answer to that. It's COVID-19. See, when the pandemic hit, flights were canceled en masse. Even when flights did operate, nobody was taking them. Plans were thrown into chaos. So the end result was that the airlines had to quickly rush out change fee waivers. If you wanted to change and your flight hadn't been canceled, well, you could use the full credit for a future trip, no fees involved. As the pandemic dragged on, fee waivers kept getting extended. The big guys now have waivers through the end of the year, and that's on any ticket, not just domestic. The only one to go beyond that is JetBlue, which has pushed its waiver into February. I love JetBlue. And not so fast there, champ. The reason they went to February is because they've kept their change fee in place, unlike everyone else. Oh. Well, they're leaving Long Beach anyway, so I guess I hate them now. <laughs> for, for five other airlines, the decision was made to just whack the domestic change fee for good. United was the first to announce it was killing change fees, but American was about to do the same. For United, it decided to use bold language like permanent and forever, which if you know the airline industry means maybe five years if you're lucky. But when United rolled this out, it included the 50 U.S. states, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. But there was one very large catch. Of course there was. Right. Well, if you made the change, United would make you forfeit the residual. All right. We, we got to stop talking in airline language. What, what the hell does that mean? No need to get testy, Dave. Let's just use an example. Let's say you bought a business class ticket from L.A. to New York for $2,000 round trip. Because that is how I roll. Sure it is. Anyway, once you found out that the Red Lobster in Times Square was closed for now, you decided the trip wasn't worth it. I hate you. But you did need to buy a ticket to Phoenix for $200 round trip in coach. In this case, the $2,000 would get applied to the $200 ticket, and the remaining $1,800 from that credit is called the residual. Now, before this recent change, United let you keep that residual as a credit you could use on a future flight. Now, you may not have a change fee, but you have to forfeit that entire residual. Well, that really sucks. It sure does. The next day, when American announced its plans, the change fee was gone on all the same routes as United, but... It also added in Canada, Mexico, and the Caribbean. It also announced it would let you keep your residual for future travel if you change to a lower fare. 
Well, I love American. You are a fickle man, sir. Yeah, it's great for customers, but it could backfire. See, after all, let's say you bought that $200 ticket to Phoenix, and then the price later dropped to $100. You could just have the ticket reissued for the same flights and now have $100 for future use on top. There could be a lot of revenue out the door. I don't care. This is good for me. Fair enough. Personally, I think the airlines could say that if you use the credit for a different route, you should be able to keep the residual. But if you change to the same route, you can't. That's probably too hard for their feeble IT systems to handle anyway. There is one more thing I need to point out about these two. While domestic change fees are gone for good, that doesn't mean you can change all tickets. Say what now? Don't forget basic economy, the lowest of the low. Those fares were never changeable. Well, except with the current pandemic waivers. So technically, they had no change fee. You just can't change. And that will continue in the future once the waivers expire. Those will remain non-changeable. Delta quickly jumped on this bandwagon with a vague copy and paste of United's plan. I asked them about residuals. They didn't really have an answer. So you can keep your residual while the waivers are in place through the end of the year anyway. They're still trying to figure out what they want to do after that. Then Alaska followed along throughout its entire network, which isn't a surprise since it does nothing out of North America except for a dip into Costa Rica. Alaska's fee was lower than the others, and it already waived the fee for top-tier elites, so the decision to take that away as a key benefit was a little unexpected. Well, that's okay. I still love Alaska. Well, you weren't a top-tier elite anyway, so of course you love this. Now, Hawaiian was the last one to jump on the bandwagon, and it also did so for its entire network. That's more surprising since it does a lot of long-haul international flying. But like United, Hawaiian is requiring travelers to forfeit residual value if they make a change. Of course, that was Hawaiian's policy before this anyway, so that's not really a proactive change like it is for United. All right, so let me get this straight. If I have a ticket in the domestic U.S. on one of these airlines that's not in basic economy, I won't have to pay a change fee when I switch. Some airlines make me forfeit the residual, others don't. And every airline includes a different geography. All we can agree on is that Canada is out. Actually, Alaska and American will let it apply in Canada. All right, screw it. I give up. Thanks for tuning in to Cranky Talk. We'll be back with more deep dives and helpful tips for these turbulent times. Before we finish up, I want to again thank this week's Cranky Talk sponsor, Turbulence Forecast. Almost every flight you take has turbulence, even to Canada, Dave. But wouldn't you like to know how much there will be and when it will happen? Check out TurbulenceForecast.com for worldwide turbulence maps, interpretations, and a concierge forecast by email service. You can receive a personalized turbulence forecast before your flight from the founder of the website. That's TurbulenceForecast.com. And if you'd like to be a sponsor, let us know. Email Dave directly at Dave at CrankyConcierge.com. Please, he's very lonely. He needs someone to reach out. But if you do have suggestions for what you'd like us to cover in a future show, let us know via email at info at crankyconcierge.com, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Cranky Concierge. If you're looking for the top daily airline news stories, you can subscribe to Cranky Daily at crankydaily.com.